Welcome to the Healing Sanctuary. This podcast is formerly known as Daily Meditation with Melissa. I'm Melissa, and today I'm going to be talking about the fear of failure. This was actually not the first thing that I was thinking about talking about today. I had a few other topics that I thought would make really good episodes, and I was considering writing my notes for them. But as I focused in on one and prepared to turn it into an episode, I noticed that I was just drowning in fear. I felt absolutely terrified that this was going to be bad, and I was going to fail, and the fear of failure was washing over me like a wave. So I decided to shift focus and just dive on into it so that we could work through it together and talk about it and hopefully realize that when you're feeling this fear, you're not alone. It's funny that I felt so afraid to record this episode of me having a conversation over something that I think about a lot. I get before a microphone and record myself pretty frequently, three to four times a week on average, sometimes five. When this podcast was daily meditation with Melissa, I was making meditations and visualizations as often as I could, and so I felt really comfortable recording myself and listening to myself and hearing my own voice and putting my work out there, sharing my creativity with uh, with everyone. But a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I decided it was time to grow the podcast and to do more than the meditations and to start having these conversations because there was a lot I wanted to share about healing and self-love and self-worth and things I've learned along the way that I couldn't put into a meditation. When I sat down to make the first discussion in this way, I was really surprised how nervous I was. I felt like I was sitting before a microphone for the first time in my life. It was really difficult for me to get through it and to put it out there, and since then, I've done a few more, and the fear has not gone down. And in fact, I would say it's grown because when I play these episodes back, they're not as polished as my meditations. It's not how I'm used to hearing myself. I can hear my nervousness even if people can't. I can hear how raw they are. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I don't sound as professional as the people I listen to. So hearing myself stumbling, hearing my mistakes, things I wish I'd done different... Hearing my vulnerability has really been a struggle, but um, this is something I want to work through, and so that's why I'm recording this episode today, because not only is this a common fear, but I'm neck deep in it right now myself, and even as I sit here with my pages of notes, my preparation, I'm ready to go, I still feel that discomfort. I feel the tightness in my chest. I feel that I am still, I'm still afraid. And that's the first thing I want to share with you is that even if you're scared, you can still do it. You don't have to let the fear stop you and you don't have to overcome it. What I found in the past is that resolving this fear takes time. It's an onion being peeled back. It's not going to be resolved in one moment. And even though I'm facing this fear right now by recording this, 
the next time I sit down to do an episode like this, it very well might be back. And it's just going to be a process of working through it one step at a time. That's all it is, one step at a time. One thing that can help you to overcome the fear of failure is to try having what is known as corrective experiences in a low-stakes way. So, for example, if you would like to get better at public speaking and you're feeling an immense fear that you're going to fail, rather than just going out there and start giving speeches, try doing something else that helps you to stumble and build your confidence. For me, the low-stakes experience that helped me to build confidence in the past was building a yoga practice. Going into the studio, I was so uncomfortable at first and so tense. I could barely move. I could barely keep up. I was heaving and sweating and not doing good. But I kept going back and I kept getting better and my strength and my flexibility improved. And I saw that I can grow and I can learn and I can improve. And it really helped me to build confidence and to take that confidence into other areas. Another time I had a corrective experience, I was really trying to get past a fear of public speaking, and so I did an open mic at a poetry night. (laughs) I can't tell you what compelled me to sign up for this because I don't write poetry. I was a frequent guest of poetry nights. I love hearing spoken word poetry. And when I got up on stage, it was like an out-of-body experience. I was so nervous. And there was one friend who showed up. She surprised me because I hadn't told anyone except for this one person. And as I read my poems, I was nervous, but okay. And it was a really powerful moment for me that, you know, kind of reiterated what I said in the beginning. You can be scared and you can still do it, and you're going to be okay. And I sat down, and my friend said to me, I could literally see you shaking. This wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear. I wouldn't consider it negative feedback, but having somebody mirror back your fear and vulnerability back to you is not the most encouraging thing to hear after you've just done something like that. And But I wasn't really bothered because there was so much adrenaline pouring through me. And I'm just going to tell you that aside from like visibly being able to see me shake, I did really bad, really bad. This wasn't some miracle moment in a movie where I get up there and I realize like, wow, I am gifted and talented and amazing. Oh, it was bad. (laughs) And I'm glad I can laugh about it now. But what I learned from that aside from I can be scared and do it anyways is I can fail and it's going to be okay. The world is not going to end. I'm not going to be stuck in that moment forever. I'm going to move on from it pretty quickly. Life just kept going and I was fine. And that doesn't sound revolutionary, but for me, I was so afraid of public failure it was revolutionary. I've never done that again, and I probably never will, but I just wanted to share it so that if you are thinking about trying something just to get out of your comfort zone, it can really be helpful. And 
If that's not something you want to do, I completely understand. There are many different ways to peel back the layers of this onion, and I encourage you to find what feels true to you. So as I was saying, I've been recording meditations for nine years now, and I feel really good about it. But when I sat down to do these conversations over things that are important to me, there is no background music and just hearing my own stripped down self and my own thoughts was so overwhelming. And I have, I have been overwhelmed with self-doubt and insecurity since I tried the first one of these. It's really been difficult to return to the struggle and to see myself struggling in this way. When I play back these episodes, I feel extremely critical of what I'm saying and how I say it and how the episodes sound, how long they are. But I know that there's only one way to get better and it's to keep going. As I prepared to write my notes for today's episode, the fear that I'm not good enough and what I'm doing isn't good enough and I'll never be good enough was completely overwhelming me. I first just sat with it and asked myself, what? am I really afraid of? And it was an answer I've heard in myself before. I was afraid I would fail completely and feel destroyed and not able to recover. My fear of failure is that it will annihilate my sense of self in a way that I will not know myself that I'll just want to give up on everything. It felt like if I failed, it would be the end of everything. This podcast would be ruined. All the work I've done would be for nothing. All the work I did before I even started a podcast would be for nothing. It was an extremely high level catastrophe was coming. When I wrote my notes around that, I could see how completely irrational it was. The apocalypse is not going to come if I fail at making these episodes. And I even know that when I, uh, you know, when I talked about doing the poetry reading. But intrusive thoughts are so powerful and so sharp. This fear, it was so clear and vivid in my mind. I didn't doubt for a second it was true and nothing could convince me otherwise. I truly believe something terrible was going to happen if I did this and nobody liked it, including my own self. As I looked at this further, I could see a pattern in myself that I've seen before, which is known as black and white thinking. The feeling that I wasn't going to succeed, so therefore I was going to fail is rooted in the belief that there's only two possible outcomes, complete success or total failure. Black and white thinking is a distorted reflection of reality. It's usually developed in childhood. It's something that sounds like something you do. Uh, A therapist or a psychologist could really help you to understand it better. I'm not qualified to go deep into it, but I'll just tell you more about my experience with it. When I look at this thought that there's two outcomes, I will be perfect and succeed completely, or I will fail and be destroyed. I am rejecting the reality that there is a, that there is a whole spectrum of experiences in between that. 
there are not only two outcomes. There is the entire gray area. And I don't look at that because of beliefs I developed in childhood, as I said, about things being all good and all bad. I'm either perfect or I'm nothing. So not only am I disregarding the reality that these aren't the only two possible outcomes, I'm disregarding the reality that creating something so perfect, there's literally no room for improvement. It's impossible. It cannot be done. Because there are infinite perspectives in this world. You can't create something that every single person is going to say that's perfect. Even if you polished a stone so smooth and perfect, it had no cracks, and it was the most perfect thing ever, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, it's so smooth and perfect, it's boring. So it's this, this sense that I have to be perfect, I have to succeed completely, is not an attainable goal, which therefore sets my belief system up for failure. Because I cannot achieve this thing which is unachievable, I revert to my other option and my two, two outcome possibilities, which is failure. So the first way to work through the fear of failure is to look in, at how are you perceiving it? Does it have to be perfect or it's nothing? And just keep in mind that between perfect and nothing is a whole range of stuff. There's, I did an okay job, not great, but not terrible. There's, I did a good job, but I could have done better. There's me at the poetry night. That's the worst thing I've ever done, and I'm never doing that again. But I showed up, and that was a success in itself. You know, the funny thing is, as we get stuck on this idea that we want something to be perfect, and as I've said, that's impossible, but total failure is also impossible. Just showing up and trying and taking a single step is a success. It's a huge achievement. So that's the funny thing about looking at things in this black and white perspective of it has to be perfect or it's nothing is neither of those is actually a real outcome. Neither is possible. But there is everything in between. And you will land somewhere in between. And most likely you're going to do okay. Most likely it's not even going to be terrible. And even if it is, good for you for having shown up and shown that, you, shown that you're willing to be vulnerable and try things and care about things and put yourself out there. One thing that really helped me to work through my own black and white thinking was cognitive behavioral therapy. I used an app that would help me to sort of sort through my thoughts when I was having intensely negative or feel fearful thoughts and it calls them reality distortions, which I love because that's exactly what they are. They are my perception of reality and they are based in a belief system that was built on false information. So they're not real perceptions of reality. One of the examples of CBT is looking at black and white thinking and asking yourself, is this true? Is this real? What information am I not allowing in because I want to see this a certain way? I want to reinforce my beliefs. 
I was using an app for this called the CBT Thought Diary. It was a really powerful experience for me, and I highly recommend looking into it through an app or through a therapist. I'll put the app to the link I was using in the episode notes, but you can also just go to any app store and look for um, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a really well-researched subject, so you're going to find a lot of great apps and just find the one that works for you, and that will help you to challenge this black and white perception of all or nothing, success, failure, perfection, nothing type of thing. When I acknowledge for myself that there are more than two possible outcomes, I find I can relax a little, and I can also acknowledge that the outcome doesn't define me. It's just something that happens on a range of experiences, and it has no bearing on my worthiness or who I am. It's just a step in a journey. You, If you were climbing a mountain and you got to a certain point, you wouldn't say, this defines who I am. It's just you walking up a mountain. That's you going on a hike. And that's really all navigating, you know, what it is you're trying to do is, is you're going on a journey. Each step is important and no single step defines you. This was something that was really important for me to understand when I heard that a lot of successful people don't put weight on a successful outcome. Because if the success has meaning, then the failure has meaning. And so we might often think that being defined by our success is positive or good for our self-esteem, but it's really defining ourselves through external circumstances. And we just want to let go of all that and just define ourselves by who we are as a person inside. Who are you in your heart? That's what defines you. Letting go of being defined by the outcome has been a struggle for me, and it's something I'm still working on because I did not develop a strong sense of self growing up. And what I did create of myself was overwhelmingly negative. And so I have been attached to being defined by the outcome of the things I do for most of my life. And it's just recently I'm learning how to not see myself through achievement or not achievement, but rather just for the person I am. I am still learning how important it is to have a sense, a healthy sense of self. So before I recorded this episode, even though I was nervous, I had taken time to just kind of reflect on who am I? And I really wanted to kind of have a core sense of self so that whatever comes back to me from me putting this out there doesn't become the thing that's then telling me who I am. Developing a healthy sense of self, as I said, is something that can be challenging if you've never had it. And developing a sense of self based on who I really am, has really challenged me because, for one, I didn't know where to begin, and two, what I thought of did not seem good enough. When I thought of who I am, I would think to myself, well, I'm funny, and I'm kind, I'm creative. All things that are really wonderful qualities, but they did not feel good enough. I was still clinging to that 
external validation of if I'm the best at this, or if I win this, if I achieve this, if I make this much money, then I'm a good person. But those are all things that come and go. They're not fixed attributes of myself. My core immutable self is those qualities, kindness, humor, resilience, and learning to appreciate them and see how valuable they are has really helped me to let go of the need to find approval through achievement and external validation. I would like to encourage you right now to pause the audio and list five things about yourself that can be your core, your foundation, that are true about you no matter what, no matter what you gain or lose, achieve or let go of. What are the traits that are true to you that will always be true? The positive traits that actually define you from the inside. So just pause now and take a moment to sit with that. Okay, so hopefully you had a chance to pause and list some positive qualities about yourself. But if you didn't do it, that's okay. I know we're not always in the mood for these kinds of things or we're not ready and we don't want to force it or maybe you're just busy and you're listening to this while you do other stuff. So if you didn't do it, no worries, you'll come back to it when you're ready. Going back to this morning when I was spiraling and I could not stop the fear train, one thing that kept coming up for me was I'm good at the medita- I'm good at the meditations, so why do I want to do this thing I'm not good at? And that's when I had the very obvious realization that when I started making my meditations, I was not good at it. It wasn't just my opinion. Honestly, people told me, and I'm going to get into that in a second, but it was rough. I was really bad, and I had so much to learn. I had no idea what I was doing, and I was failing, not just in a distorted perspective sort of way where I thought I was failing, but actually I was doing great. No, like I was actually doing really bad, and I got through it. I got through all that fear of failure I hadn't been destroyed by the process. It hadn't stopped me. I still got to the place I wanted to. It was painful when I was going through it, and I did feel at times like I was being pulled apart at the seams. But in the end, being pulled apart kind of worked out for me because I was put back together in a way that was much stronger and much more capable and... I was just a new person that I respected in a way I hadn't before. I got through it. It was a bumpy road. I mean, I really had to look at a lot of unhealthy thoughts and patterns, a lot of things I had learned in childhood. It certainly wasn't like I walked through it and there I was on the other side. It was a real journey. But this morning, all of that wisdom and knowledge was just gone. I still had the belief that if I fail, it will destroy me and it'll ruin my life. And I just wanted to return to the comfort of what I know, make meditations, make visualizations, and oh, the pull back to the comfort was really, really strong. 
I feel so comfortable making med- meditations. And as I said, when I began making the meditations, they weren't good. I was really nervous as I am with this new kind of path I'm exploring. Knowing that recording the meditations is comfortable to me and a space I feel comfortable in was actually also making me feel worse because I had something to compare my own self against of here's a thing where I feel like a professional. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I sit down and I really enjoy the process. And then here's this other thing I'm trying where I can see my struggle. I can see that I'm an amateur. And so comparing myself between the two versions was really bringing me down. It was really hard to acknowledge that I'm stumbling and I'm learning and that I'm extremely uncomfortable. And what I want more than anything is for the fear and the discomfort to go away and to just go back to what I know. At this point in my creation process, when I'm going to make a meditation, I can just sit down, hit record, and start talking. Sometimes I have a subject in mind, and sometimes I don't. I just let whatever comes to me flow through me. I trust the process. I trust myself. I feel confident in what I'm doing. Even if I make a meditation I don't like and that I don't feel reflects on the quality of my work, I don't worry about it. I know I have an entire body of work that proves I know what I'm doing. I don't feel defined by each meditation, but rather by this, you know, pretty large volume of work that I've made. And I've also learned that even if I think a meditation isn't good, how others see it may not be the same way. There's meditations I've doubted so much, I wondered if I should even post them. And then after I do, I come to find out it's someone's favorite and that they loved it. So I have a healthy perspective in this area. I know that I may not always see things as they are. If I don't like something, it might be better than I believe it is. And if it's not, it's okay. Because I still believe in the value of my work. And that tomorrow's a new day. And I'll probably make something I love the next day. That being said, I had to get real honest with myself this morning about where I started. When I started making meditations, I was terrible. I was trying to kind of build up um, an awareness of my brand and myself, and so I put them into public places like on forums and on apps, and I got a lot of negative reviews. And so because I didn't have a sense of self and I felt defined by everything outside of me, I felt that my whole self was worthless because of these negative reviews. One particularly hurtful review said the words or the script of the meditation were good, but the way I said it was extremely annoying and they couldn't stand it. And my voice and delivery ruined the meditation Another person said my delivery was so bad that they doubted if I should even be doing this. They doubted my credibility and that I really should not be making meditations. There were many more comments like this. And if you've never heard one of my meditations, you might be thinking, yeah, maybe you should have given up. It sounds like you were pretty bad. And 
if you've heard my recent work, you know, I really stand by it. And it took me a long time to believe in the value of my own work, but I do believe I've gotten to a place where I create things of value and that person I was reading those reviews would never have even believed I could get to this point. I mean, I was shaken to my core by these negative comments. Part of me was really angry. I wanted to defend myself. And if I've learned anything in life, it's that most of the time behind anger is fear. And that was absolutely me. I was absolutely terrified that these people were right. I wasn't good enough that this would always define me, I would always be like this, that they they knew something, they must know something. I didn't have the capacity to say like, hey, I have opinions and I'm allowed to disagree with that. I just took their opinion on as my own because, um, again, that lack of core self. There was nothing in me to stand upon to say, you know, I don't have to take your opinion on as my own. And even if I had a strong core self, I think that still would have rocked me. I mean, I was totally new to this. These were comments on um, pretty popular apps that anyone could see. I hadn't had that kind of experience before where, where I had put something out to the world and let the world react to it. If you've never experienced it, I'll just say that I think nothing really prepares you for it, but like anything else, you get through it and you learn from it. Aside from the negative comments was my own negative commentary because when they rejected me, it validated all of my fears that I was not good enough. And I kind of knew I wasn't good enough. I was really stiff in my delivery, not natural. My voice was kind of harsh because I was trying to speak clearly. I was really afraid I wouldn't speak clearly in the meditations. I didn't know how to edit audio in a way that made it sound more pleasant. So not only was I getting negative external feedback, but internally it was just like, you don't know what you're doing, just stop. When I made my first meditation, you could actually hear my voice shaking and I had to redo it several times. And then it took me almost a week to edit it out. Not only was I nervous when I recorded the meditation, but I was working from a detailed script that even told me when to pause and breathe. I was so distrustful of my abilities and I was so unsure of myself that I wrote down every little thing that was going to be in the meditation. It was very controlled and I would sit down at the microphone and there were those thoughts. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. Nobody likes what you're doing. Why are you doing this? Nobody will believe in you. You'll never get better. And so what came out of me was a stumbling mess even though I had this detailed script, it would take me forever to edit the meditations because I had to edit out so much of these mistakes and also perceived mistakes. I would edit out just natural things that happen when you talk. 
I couldn't stand it when I first started and I tried to edit out every little tiny sound to the point where it really was like I was trying to erase the fact that a human being made these creations. I wanted them to be so perfect that it was veering on something artificial. I was editing out the warmth and the humanity of it. Despite all of this overwhelming kind of negativity internally and externally, along with the negative reviews, I had people ask for their money back from meditations they bought from me. And I also was not prepared for what that would feel like. In other words, I was failing. Things were not going good for me. Everything was telling me, you can just stop and you'll feel better. But I couldn't. I had to keep going. As much as I wish I could tell you, it was because I felt I had something beautiful to share with the world and I was going to help to heal people. My reasons were not altruistic. They were extremely selfish. The thing that kept me going was that I needed to prove myself. I had been so rocked by all of this negativity and criticism and these negative comments that the only thing I had going for me was the belief that one day I could maybe say to people, look at me now, I'm doing great. But that's not important because along the way, I actually let that go and realized that would not make me feel better. So the thing that kept me going was just a need to prove, I needed to prove myself to other people. This is not a healthy motivation, but it was a motivation and, you know, it got me through those darkest times. I wish my motivation had not been a need for validation from other people, but that's all I had at the time. And so as you get going through whatever fear you're having, I promise you will find your own motivation, healthy or not. Everything is going to be a learning experience and help you in the end. At this point in my journey, I am realizing that the only approval that's going to make me feel good is my own, and that is something I'm still working on. But back, you know, nine years ago when I first started and realized I wasn't going to stop, I knew I needed help. I needed help navigating my thoughts, my beliefs, and just understanding how did other people do it. Other people obviously started as beginners and they made it somewhere. Nobody just started at the top of the mountain. And so I began reading one self-help book after another. And as much as people make fun of self-help, I'm going to tell you, it did help. I got a lot out of it, not out of every book. Some were truly life-changing. One of the books that really helped me is Grit by Angela Duckworth. I first heard of Angela when she gave... um a mini TED Talk. TED Talks are usually about 20 minutes, and this one was only 10 minutes. And the title of the talk was something like, your SAT score has no bearing on how successful you're going to be. And the essence of the talk was, 
what you got on test scores does not determine how successful you are. The only thing that determines success is not giving up. And this talk was so popular that she wrote this book, Grit. And because in the talk, she said, being good, a good test taker, getting good grades, being good at sports, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful. What makes a person successful is grit, the ability not to give up. And I just clung to this, like, tell me more because, you know, I right now, I'm feeling like I'm not talented or good enough, but I can keep going. And I read the book and I was blown away by the research in it, which just really expanded deeply on this talk she gave in that the most successful people in the world are not the ones who had great grades or were class valedictorian. And they might be, but what determines success every single time is are you willing to keep going? Successful people are nothing more than the ones who didn't give up. And this message just really moved me because I needed to know that even though I was stumbling and falling, there could be something on the other side of that. And that nothing that had come in my life before proved anything. I could be whatever I wanted to be as long as I didn't give up. This book had such a big impact on me as I thought about this morning. I ordered a physical copy because I originally listened to the audiobook and I want to talk about it with you guys. It's such a great book. So many powerful examples that will really just motivate you and not be a sugar-coated story of, you know, self-help, but of, of kind of getting down in the mud and getting through it and showing that success comes from failure, from struggle, from these things that we are so afraid of. And I want to talk about this in a future episode and kind of do a book club around it. So you can order the book now if you want, um, or you can wait till I talk about it. There's plenty of used copies on Amazon, and I'm not sure when I'm going to do that. So I will try to keep you updated on the Instagram of when I'm going to talk about the book. But either way, I highly recommend Grit. Another book that really helped me was Mindset by Carol Dweck. That's D-W-E-C-K, Carol Dweck. A friend told me about this when I was visiting him and he said it had really helped him overcome a lot of anxiety and self-doubt. He said it's a book a lot of CEOs read, and I was confused why he thought it would be helpful to me because I don't really see myself as that high-achieving um, CEO type, but he was so sure it would help me that he gave me his copy, and I respected him, so I said, all right, I'll give it a try. Lo and behold, I blew through it, you know, really fast because it was so good. And I totally understood what he was trying to tell me, but that I couldn't get in the moment. This book opened my mind to a whole new way of thinking, of seeing the world, of seeing myself. It changed the foundation of who I am. This book is so powerful. The book essentially talks about a growth mindset this is a term that's gotten a bit obliterated by having a kind of a, 
a buzz moment. It kind of became the thing everyone was talking about growth mindsets and business. And <clears throat> there was a period of time when you couldn't not hear it. So it was really interesting to me to hear like kind of where I'd come from and what it actually means because a lot of times when a, a term goes mainstream, the message gets lost. It's like when you play telephone and by the time the message gets around the circle to the eighth or ninth person, you've completely lost what the first person was saying. And this is really what happened with growth mindset. The term is out there, but the the meaning and the essence of it has just gotten distorted by being passed around and just, you know... Growth mindset is essentially the opposite of a fixed mindset. In a fixed mindset, a person believes the intelligence or gifts that they inherit at birth cannot be changed. They are who they are. A fixed mindset person believes that proving these inherited gifts or strengths proves that they're worthy. And anytime they have to struggle or learn or use effort to kind of prove that they're smart or are good at sports means they're failing. They should be able to just show up, do a good job, be the best, and there shouldn't be any need to grow or change or learn in any way. Learning in a fixed mindset is not going to change who you are. It just proves you're weak and not good enough. And isn't that so harsh? And yet that is an opinion that so many of us hold. On the other hand, a growth mindset values the work that is put into achieving something rather than valuing the achievement itself. It isn't about proving how smart you are or that you're the best or that you're perfect, but rather about feeling good because you worked hard at something. When I hear a growth mindset explained, it sounds so much better and it's hard for me to believe that we don't just naturally have this. How do we not naturally value growing and learning? But the truth is most of us are raised with a fixed mindset. Most people don't have a growth mindset. Very few of us had parents who said, you worked hard at that and for that I am proud of you. Instead, most of us had parents who said something like, you got an A, you're so smart. I'm so proud of how smart you are. When our intelligence is praised in this way, then we begin to develop a fixed mindset. I am a smart person and anything that shows I'm not smart will destroy my sense of self. So I have to always look smart and I can't do anything that challenges me or makes me feel not smart. And this is where you might be starting to relate your fear of failure to this because when our intelligence is praised in this way, we begin to develop a fixed mindset. We're either smart or we're not. If we have to struggle to learn something, then we're not smart. Most of the time when our parents are praising us for getting a good grade or get doing good on a test or being good at sports, you know, for our athletic achievements, it's extremely well-meaning. They're not trying to develop a fixed mindset in us and it's coming from a very loving place. They really do love us and want to support us. Our parents didn't do this because they reject the concept of a, gross of a growth mindset. It's just very few of us are taught the importance of a growth mindset, and so we don't know how to pass it on. We don't have it in ourselves. 
I had never even heard of it or understood what it was until I read this book, and it blew my mind how vital this is to facing any kind of challenge, any kind of fear of failure. Let me just read you something from the opening of chapter one. When I was a young researcher, just starting out, something happened that changed my life. I was obsessed with understanding how people cope with failures, and I decided to study it by watching how students grapple with hard problems. So I brought children one at a time to a room in their school, made them comfortable, and then gave them a series of puzzles to solve. The first ones were fairly easy, but the next ones were hard. As the students grunted, perspired, and toiled, I watched their strategies and probed what they were thinking and feeling. I expected differences among children in how they coped with the difficulty, but I saw something I never expected. Confronted with the hard puzzles, one ten-year-old boy pulled up his chair, rubbed his hands together, smacked his lips, and cried out, I love a challenge. Another, sweating away on these puzzles, looked up with a pleased expression and said with authority, You know, I was hoping this would be informative. What's wrong with them, I wondered. I always thought you coped with failure, or you didn't cope with failure. I never thought anyone loved failure. Were these alien children, or were they onto something? Everyone has a role model. Someone who pointed the way at a critical moment in our lives. These children were my role models. They obviously knew something I didn't, and I was determined to figure it out, to understand the kind of mindset that could turn a failure into a gift. What did they know? They knew that human qualities, such as intellectual skills, could be cultivated, and that's what they were doing, getting smarter. Not only were they not discouraged by failure, they didn't even think they were failing. They thought they were learning. I just love that passage from the book that is so simple in the shift of perspective from failing to learning, but yet so big and something that in order to really get it, if you weren't taught it as a child, really takes work to come at. For me, I was raised with a fixed mindset. I believed that Perfect was all there was, and everything else proved that I was worthless. Reading Growth Mindset was one of the things that helped me to begin unraveling this and changed my life. It led to one of my deepest healings. So this morning, as I struggled with the knowing that I was about to embark on something that would require effort, learning, growth, vulnerability, and struggle... I found myself caught between two states of mind. On the one hand, I could just let this go, stop doing it, continue doing with the thing that feels good and gives me a sense of confidence. I could focus primarily on the meditations and give up on these discussions and conversational episodes. It's not like anybody's asking me to do them. I'm choosing to do them. On the other hand, I could face the fear of being seen as imperfect, as being seen as an amateur, and walk through all that discomfort again that I went through when I began my meditations. Despite acknowledging that there's nothing wrong with being a beginner at something, and I've in fact been through this whole thing before and seen the beautiful outcome on the other side, I still dreaded writing notes for this episode. I put it off for hours. I did everything I could except sit down and start. 
There was just that voice in the back of my head that would not shut up that kept saying, you will fail, you're not good enough. And this was when I just had to sit down, bring the fear with me, and start. And just know that at some point, probably not tomorrow or next week, but at some point, I will be glad I did this. I had to accept that people might listen to this and think, who is this person and why does she think she can do this? I had to prepare myself for the fact that I might start getting negative reviews again, that my sense of worthiness might, you know, become shaky for a little while, but but I also had to embrace that I would be learning something new and I would find new ways to navigate those feelings and those fears and those setbacks. As much as I wanted to return to the comfort, I knew I would regret missing out on finding what's on the other side of this fear. There's something amazing there waiting for me. When I look back, if I'd given up on my meditations when everything was going wrong and my worst fears were actually becoming realized, I would have no idea how powerfully the journey would transform me. I would have never known the positive impact my work would one day make. I wouldn't know that the very thing causing me so much doubt and distress and anguish would one day be the source of confidence and comfort to me. Actually, instead, you will learn to believe in not only your ability, ability to grow, but your ability to navigate the setbacks. You will come to understand that the fear that you're not good enough will return, will return anytime you try something new. It's not a fear that you just overcome and you're done with. But you will find that, it, but you'll find in the future, it won't slow you down as much and it definitely won't stop you. This brings me to the end of my notes and I'm happy to tell you that I'm no longer panicking inside. I'm not having a full body panic attack like I was in the beginning of the episode, but I am still feeling doubt. I am still feeling insecure. I'm feeling vulnerable. And I'm just going to keep going anyways. I'm going to put this out there for you. And so, and I'm just going to conclude with everything we've talked about when facing the fear of failure. One, Failure and success are not the only two outcomes. This is black and white thinking, it's a cognitive distortion, and it does not reflect the reality of how life works. You can change black and white thinking with cognitive behavioral therapy, and if you're like me, this could be a really powerful experience for you. Two, a fear of failure often comes down to putting more weight on external approval rather than internal. Begin to value your own voice and your own approval. Begin to define yourself by the beautiful qualities that are always going to be true to you. Who are you really? Three, wanting to be perfect and not see yourself making mistakes is something almost everyone struggles with. You're not alone, and just because you're afraid doesn't mean you can't and you're not good enough. It just means you're human. Learning to adapt and overcome this fear with a growth mindset can really help with this. Four, everyone that you look up to 
And the idols and the inspirations you have, they failed. They made mistakes, they embarrassed themselves, they doubted themselves, and they were once a complete beginner. Don't determine what you can do by your starting point. What determines what you can do is going to come down to your grit and how willing you are to keep going. This is such a big part of this that, like I said, we're going to do a book discussion over it because grit is so important. Whatever story you developed in the past does not determine what's possible for you. All that's going to determine what's possible for you is whether you take the next step and the next one and the next one. And five, even if you've navigated failure before, as I have, you may find yourself struggling the next time you have to start again. And maybe even more so because you have to let go of a comfortable thing you're good at for the discomfort of the unknown. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle. And please be loving to yourself. And that brings me to the ep- end of this episode. I cannot believe how long I've been talking for. Thank you so much for listening to this whole thing all the way to the end. I'm so grateful I got to share these thoughts with you and be open with you about the fact that I'm struggling with this too. I'm working on it with you. We're going to learn and we're going to grow together. We're going to have a lot more discussions that are going to help us feel empowered and get to that place within you that you know you can get to. And because I am learning, I welcome your feedback. Please don't be shy. Don't hesitate to tell me what you thought of this episode. Um, Don't feel like you have to validate me. You are not responsible for my sense of self. You can DM me on Instagram at meditate underscore with underscore Melissa. I will put a link to my Instagram in the episode notes. And I would like to finish by giving a shout out to one of my first podcast fans who was super supportive when I began creating these discussions and experimenting with things outside of the meditations I was making. So Thank you so much to Hillary, who is a teacher and parenting coach. She's an awesome person. And I'm so grateful that Hillary is out there doing her thing. She is an awesome person. And you can find her on Instagram at home learning, home learning coach, all one word. And yeah, so thank you to Hillary. Thank you to everyone who listens. I appreciate you guys. And if the fear doesn't get the better of me, fingers crossed, I'll be back again next week with a new episode. And I will be back tomorrow with a guided meditation. I'm probably going to stay on theme and it's probably going to have to do with the fear of failure. So come join me tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much.